Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's a bugger when you're ugly You're short, bald and fat You got more chins than a Chinese phone book And hair all down your back You look into the mirror And you hope to see Tom Cruise But it's more like Uncle Fester Staring back at you I was lined up in the bank today I looked up and down the queue I've seen better looking specimens In Taronga Zoo If cellulite was rain There'd never be a drought When they were handing out the good looks It seems we all missed out Scabs, scars, knobbly knees Zits and saggy bits Muffin tops and stretch marks And grandma's hairy lip Buck teeth and nasal hair All confirm the fact Those women's magazines They're all full of crap There's a bugger when you're ugly You're short, bald and fat you got more chins than a Chinese phone book and hair all down your back. You look into the mirror and you hope to see Tom Cruise. But it's more like Uncle Fester staring back at you. Have a look at Mrs Brown. How ugly can she get? I reckon she gets some makeup done by Monia Cement. Her eyebrows and lashes are from Helena Rubenstein. You should see her in the morning, mate. She looks more like Frankenstein. And her old man's no better. Looks like he's been beaten up. With a crooked nose, a plumber's crack, and a well-maintained big up. With strands of hair combed over, glued down with Vaseline. And half a dozen rotten teeth, stained brown with nicotine. It's a bugger when you're ugly. You're tall, weedy and thin. You get sick. Got bump in your head every time that you walk in When you go through life with a face that looks like a twisted boot You wonder how the hell you ever got a root Those magazines and adverts have got a lot to answer for They reckon we should be perfect in shape and size and form They can shove their plastic surgery, cosmetics up their clacker just make the most of what you got In the end it doesn't matter Well I don't mind being ugly I'm short, bald and fat I got more chins than a Chinese phone book And hair all down me back Well I'm ugly, but I'm happy No movie star, that's true I'd rather be Uncle Fester Than a weirdo like Tom Cruise I'd rather be but ugly Than a weirdo like Tom Wouldn't you? Wow, you just got to appreciate that Australian sense of humor. <laughs> oh, man. That was Earl Grey. He's a he's a gentleman over in uh, Australia that has <clears throat> done some intro work for us here on the show. And uh, 
So anyway, um, welcome to another edition of Kelly Outdoors. I've got uh, right now the chat room. I'm hoping it's still up and running. I can't see because the, something squirreled up here on on my end, and I don't know what it is. But anyway, um, there it is. Um, tonight is open mic night, which means quick translation is tonight is the Democratic National Convention, which I could care less about. Um, it's also the beginning of the NFL season, and it's two teams I really don't care about, Dallas and New York, but, you know, um, my son's up there glued to the TV thinking I've lost my mind, uh, that I'm not out there watching football with him, but I'm here with you guys. You know, some of the things that, <clears throat> since Tim was on the show last week, has, has come to my attention. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that were uh, really excited about him coming on the show and had a lot of positive things, and, and you know, the one thing I, I'm going to say about Tim is that there was a lot of people that were... Um, direct and blunt up front about how, you know, he's handled them in the past. And um, surprisingly, I mean, with the, with generally people that are straightforward and direct like that don't get rave reviews from their fellow man. Um, and I was, quite frankly, uh, expecting a lot of um, the, the negative to come out. And it was quite the opposite. You know, most everybody that I've talked to and that sent me emails and stuff that had something to say about the show thought it was a great show. Um, and I I thought it was a great show. I haven't gone back and listened to it yet because it's still too fresh, you know, in my mind to how things went. And so I, I like to leave it, you know, for a month or so and then go back and listen to it and uh, see what it sounds like then because by then I've got other stuff that's kind of just drowned out, you know, my everyday normal stuff that's caused my memory to go bad. And uh, so that's that's what that is. But I, I know that most of the most of the comments, I would say ninety nine to ninety seven percent, were all positive, you know, and that's that's outstanding. Um, the only time I get better ratings than that is is when the show's not on the air. So, you know, it's something you have to kind of kind of work at. So anyway, um, one of the one of the things that uh, this time of the year brings is first of all we have a dove season here in the state of Kansas. It started this last Saturday on the first of September. Um, We've gotten actually some rain since dove season opened up, but it, it came down and it got soaked up so fast nobody even knew it happened. Um, I found some water stains on my windshield the other morning when I went out to go to work and was like, what the heck is that stuff? I hadn't seen it in so long, didn't know what it was. Um, and literally, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you guys out there, and this is where the, the folks from Kansas can, can quit bashing on me, but I'm going to tell everybody out there, unless, of course, we get literally 14 to 15 inches of rain in the next two months, we're not going to have a duck season here in the majority of the state. Um, the vast majority of the state is suffering tremendously from this from this drought we're having, and um, it's just it's not happening. And I mean that literally, 14 to 15 inches, uh, just to kind of get us back close to normal. We're it, it's going to take a couple feet of rain to get us to normal. So it looks like we're in this this nasty weather cycle for the long haul. So Kansas, more than likely, is going to be a flyover state for the ducks. And more than likely, they're going to end up down there in, in uh, parts of Oklahoma where they've had quite a bit of rain, and over in Arkansas and Missouri. I guess Arkansas got got a tremendous amount of rain <clears throat> with uh, the remnants of Isaac, and uh, you know that's I don't know if they were needing it, um, but uh, they sure got some. And yeah, Nathan, Nathan out there saying you guys are in the same boat, Southwest Missouri. You sure are. Um, Eastern Kansas has got more water than we have, um, but it's just it's still so bad it's not even funny. And I'm not sure how bad you guys are over there, um, but 
it, it's not good. So anyway, and a lot of people say, oh, I'll just hunt deer this year. Well, here's the here's the downside to that. <laughs> you know, animals uh, that need water uh, tend to not do as well when there's shortages of water. All right, just common sense. Um, <clears throat> we have, like in western Kansas, the mule deer out there. The mule deer herds are down tremendously. And the stuff, uh, the, the drought and stuff has affected them tremendously. They have, you know, uh, very thin herds. We were going to go mule deer hunting this year, and my buddy out there, they own a couple, you know, bazillion acres of land, and generally they got bazillions of mule deer. And this year he said they're just far and few between, and he also told me, he said, don't bother wasting your time coming out hunting pheasants because there aren't any. I mean, the, the drought really takes a toll on the on the young birds. Um, so I don't know if there is an upside this year in hunting to Kansas. Um, I don't know. I mean, getting getting rain is not going to change the bird numbers and not going to change the birds as in du- as in uh, pheasants and quail. Um, but it would sure as heck help with the ducks. It would give them some place to stop. Um, and, of course, we get some rain action going on, and that will help the deer numbers next year because uh, the does won't be so stressed out, you know, with the weather and everything, and they'll have a good, healthy crop of fawns. But, you know, it's just these things go in cycles, and, and unfortunately, the only time we really appreciate the cycle is when we're in the middle of a bad one, you know, and then we look for, you know, better better times down the road, and when those times get here, we, we don't appreciate them nearly as much sometimes because of what we, you know, we're not remembering back and, you know, oh, you should have been here in 2012 when it was as dry as a bone for, you know, going on the third straight year. So, anyway, a um, couple things. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys caught it last week on the thing, but on the show, the thing. Yeah, this is the thing, man. Um, we are now being sponsored, and we're in, and it's an in-kind sponsorship. I get to promote the program and stuff on their website, so it's not like I'm getting money. I'm not turning into one of those people. Um, but uh, we are now being sponsored uh, by The Refuge. Uh, we are now being sponsored by Duck Hunting Chat, and we're now being sponsored by, and have been for a long time, CallingDucks.com. Okay. Um, I'm kind of excited about this. Those are the, those are three of the biggest websites out there, and there's a lot of other websites that support the the support the show that we're not um, doing a lot of advertising on or promoting on, uh, like THO and uh, Custom Calls Online. I've been a member over there at Custom Calls Online for a long time, and um, that is that is probably um, one site where I don't put as much time in as uh, I should. I mean, I, I always like to go over there and, and uh, see what's going on and, and learn stuff and, and find out things. That that place that place and THO, is, if you want to go someplace where you can find out who the newest, latest, and greatest upcoming duck callers are, or duck call makers and goose call makers and, and uh, predator call makers are, those are the two sites I go to. Um, anytime I need a little inspiration, you know, and I want to look at some duck calls or whatever for kind of some ideas and inspiration, that's where I go, you know, just so I can see what's happening. Um they tend to be you got you got an eclectic mix on both of those websites. You got guys that are just getting into the sport or into the hobby or into the art, whatever you want to call it. And you got guys that have been there for a long time, you know, that have been around and and are willing to share in most cases, you know, their knowledge and their abilities um with those guys. And so they're both great places to go if you want to want to find out more about how to make calls if you're interested in it. That'd be a good place to go. I'd sincerely suggest going to custom calls online and THO uh, dot com. It's a, both forums are great, and you learn lots of stuff. So, 
Anyway, um, some other things. I don't know if I said this before or not, but uh, I know I did, but I'm just going to bring it up since it's uh, open mic night and my mic's not full yet. Um, Okay. uh, i got to answer this real quick. Um, We... Kelly Outdoors Radio uh, is one of the is one of the little things underneath the, the umbrella of Kelly Outdoors LLC. All right, um, that covers the radio show, uh, that covers the duck calls, uh, goose calls, whatever calls that I make with Kelly's calls, and that also covers <clears throat> a new entity that we picked up uh, a little bit over two months ago. It's called CallerSupply.com, and um, those it, it's basically a drop shipping site, and we have. Buck Gardner, we have Hayes, we have uh, Sean Mann, uh, we have, you all don't fail me now. Um, man, my brain just went on, on mother overload. Um, <laughs> oh, my, my, my. Lynch Mob, Mac Island, uh, Saunders, um, and that's it. And uh, that's it, but... Um, we have those. There's also call parts. There's extra reeds, clucker guts, stuff like that is available there too. And um, okay, uh, yeah, Nathan, thanks very much for that information. Waterfowltalk.com. We'll have to look into them. Um, so um, that is basically, you know, a, a company we picked up, and it was originally owned by a gentleman named Brent Derby, um, and he he's just got so tied up with things he couldn't keep the the side up and. Oh yeah, hobo calls. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah, thank God. Anytime. <laughs> you guys can't see what's going on with the chat room, but you know, someone's taking pity on me out there. Yeah, Kent Collins hobo calls. He's on there. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, God, I know I'm missing somebody else too. Uh, River Mallard. Anyway, we get a lot of stuff from a lot of different companies. We sell soundboards on there. We sell guts on there. We sell. Uh, Louisiana style guts on there, bands. Uh, we don't we don't have any of the wood and uh, stuff like that, you know, for call making. Just have some miscellaneous stuff. Um, but we have a, a great. I, I sent several of these things out to people, um, and we're gonna get away from this part of the conversation here real quick, and we're gonna introduce a gentleman right now, Craig Wilson. How the heck are you? Hey, I'm doing good, Kelly. How about you? Good. You just felt pity for me struggling, didn't you? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, you are from the great state of California, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, you're you're kind of a regular listener on here, and you know we have these these uh, open mic nights every now and then, and sometimes it gets people inspired, and sometimes it doesn't, and and the more I ramble on, it seems to either run people off or get them to come in or call in, but anyway, um, I was not aware of it, and my, my most sincere apologies um, to you, uh, but you won a contest recently. You want to tell us about it? I won the California State, and I guess, yeah, I get to go to Arkansas now and call in the world. Okay. So you won the California State uh, Main Street Duck Calling Championship, right? What is yes. it? What is what exactly is the title of that? I mean, seriously. I mean, I know it's called Main Street Calling. Well, it's just California State Duck Calling Championship, and it's the Main Street is the style. Okay. And how long have you been doing this? Uh, four years. What? 
I've been Main Street calling for four years. That been calling ducks. I've been calling ducks since I was a little kid. Right. So, well, uh, in fact, it all kind of got started when I was twelve. I was watching Wide World of Sports with my dad, and they had a little clip of the the championship in Stuttgart, and I <laughs> said to my dad, hey, "You know what? I can do that." And he looked at me and said, "Son." We're from Indio. If you don't know where Indio is, Kelly, it's in the middle of the desert. He said, there's, there's no duck callers here. Well, what is it, 44 years later, I'm doing it. Well, how long, how long ago did you start calling on a duck? How long ago did I start calling ducks? Yeah, how long ago did you start calling ducks? Did you say 44 years? Uh, I've been calling ducks for more than 44 years, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. I apologize. Um, yeah, I'm old, Kelly. How old are you, Craig? Seriously, fifty-six. Well, by God, we're we're kindred we're kindred souls in, you know. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I'll be fifty-six in December. You know. Yeah. See, I got a couple months on you. Okay. Story of my life. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Well, but so, we can really talk about River Oak Outdoors if you want on the refuge. That would be fine because. Yeah. Completely whatever you want to talk about. I mean, if you want to talk about your your mother beautiful stands, we can do that. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's been a lot of fun. That, that that's been a heck of a lot of fun lately. I uh, been building stands, and I don't think I've had uh, I don't think I've had anybody who wasn't happy with them. Well, you probably ought to knock on wood. I know you got plenty of it laying around there because that's the kiss of death. You know. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm waiting for someone, but, you know, <clears throat> I try to make a good product. You know, it's an all-American-made product. Well, they're beautiful. I mean, I've seen I've seen several pictures of the ones that you have on your website on display. I've seen several pictures of the ones the guys have gotten over there at the Refuge and posted up. I mean, they're absolutely beautiful. Um, what do you finish most of those things with? Well, we're just about ready to change. I'm going to go to Catalyzed Lacquer here pretty soon. I've been I've been using just urethane, right? Um, but I, I I like the looks of that catalyzed lacquer a lot better. It looks a lot more like furniture. Does it dry faster? Oh yeah, I'll I'll have to be spraying these. I just I just bought a spray unit, so I'll Thank be spraying God. them. I tell you what, me and urethane should not be allowed in the same room when duck calls are <laughs> concerned because I love the look. Okay, I absolutely love the look that you get with when you got about four coats on there, but I can't stand waiting. I cannot stand waiting. And I found out what uh, what Charlie Hess was using was a two part. Uh, it's a decking material. It's called Ultra Deck. Okay, and you mix it together and you dip them and you let them hang and whatever. And uh, the drying time is tremendously shorter than it is for urethane. Um, well, this the water based urethane stuff, Kelly, dries in thirty minutes. And it, wow. and it really dry. It really dries in less time than that. Uh, I've been finishing the stands. They usually get six or seven coats, but they're real thin, and I build them up, and then uh, then polish them after that with a little wax and steel wool. Huh? It's a water based. It's a water based. Yeah, water based urethane. Huh. This is California, Kelly. We can't have any of that good stuff. Oh, that's right. I forgot. They don't, honestly, I, where I'm at, you know, everybody that wants to know my address, and yeah, I tell them I'm in Verdugo Village, which is the little town I live in, but truth be known, it's Los Angeles. Right. So, 
So, but here in Los Angeles, we cannot, we can't get lacquer. We can't uh, can't get urethane, you know, the, with the mineral spirits, and they don't even sell paint thinner here anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys out there. How how long are you committed to staying there until it just falls off into the ocean, or <laughs> Tell me my daughter's in Mexico? In my, or? No, my daughter's in college right now, and she plays soccer. So I'm I'm staying here so I can be close enough to go watch her soccer games. Yeah. So <sighs> and once that once that's over, two more years, um, I'm going to be looking for a place to go. I'm thinking about going to North Dakota and be a oil rig worker. You know what? That'd be great, except for one small thing. Um, the the cost of living there has gone off the charts. I mean, it's just absolutely insane. Um, before the oil started coming in, everybody and their dog was, you know, cost of living was fantastically nice. It was decent. Um, and then all of a sudden they found oil, and the price of a one-bedroom apartment, you know, like shot up to $1,500 a month, $2,000 a month or more. Um I, I know well, that, that's about what we pay out here, Kelly. I was going to say California. That may not shock you, but here, that's that's like jaw dropping. Um, I've got I've got family out in California. Uh, they're down in the southern part, and of course, you know, when they were here several years ago <clears throat> to visit, you know, they they come over and they were looking at the houses and stuff, and they were going, "Oh, this house out there would be you know half a million dollar home, and that house would be a million dollar home." It's like, are you guys smoking something? I mean, seriously, I couldn't believe it. And you know what? What here? What was a three hundred thousand dollar home? You know, very nice home. Out there, they were they were saying it'd be a million dollar home. And then, of course, you know, when you hear about the real estate market collapsing, and you see what happened out in California and Nevada and and places like that where they were inflated out the wazoo, uh, it it made a lot of sense. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Well, no, we took a big hit. We took a, a huge hit. Yeah. Everybody did everywhere, but I think there's certain parts of the country where it was a lot more. A lot more prevalent. So right now, you're a cabinet maker by trade. Is that right? Yes, sir. And, and it's a good thing I'm making duck call stand <laughs> because I'm sure not building any cabinets. And, and I'm going to just jump right in and say it. I sure hope we get a change of leadership here in this country because uh, these last four years have been hell. Sorry, I don't know if I can say that on the radio. Yeah, you, you can say that. I mean, if you're talking about Barack Obama, you can say anything you'd care to. Uh, I'm I am so frustrated with this mess of stuff. I watched. I you know I'm going to be right up front and admit it. I watched some of the Democratic National Convention yesterday, and of course I I kept changing channels until I finally got on one that was showing the stuff before the prime time. You know, and I, I anybody that can stand there and claim to be a Democrat and say that we are the most hate-filled people on the planet, referring to Republicans or conservatives, you people need to listen to what's going on with some of these leaders of yours. I mean, the things that, that they say is just reprehensible. Um, and so tonight I was listening to some of the same crap, too, and I, I just, you know, again, couldn't believe it, that, that Richard Trumka guy that's the head of the SEIU, you know, that, that union, or the AFL-CIO, um, that guy is an absolute menace to society. Uh, and, I mean, literally... Literally, and I'm not saying this because I'm, I'm off the deep edge of the pool here. The boy is a card-carrying communist. Okay, I, I don't. I have no idea why anybody in this country would listen to somebody that believes that more government is better. I mean, I work oh. for the federal government, and I, I, I'm telling you right now, if you want to have a fuster cluck, 
turn it over to a government agency to, to figure out how to make it happen. Oh, well, so. and, and we're just we're getting ready to do it. We're going to have the IRS handle our health care. <laughs> oh, I know. Wonderful. It's going to be it's going to be a nasty mess. Um I'll tell you what. <laughs> Uh, well, I'll get you on politics here. One one last little story here, Kelly, and I'll let you go. You know, these these Democratic people here, they they, they stand out in front of the market where I go to, and they're idiots. Right. They're, they're they're these. I walk up and they're got the Democratic Party and the Planned Parenthood people together. So I engage them. I I walk up and the first thing I say to them is, Hey, uh, what do you guys think about the death penalty? Oh, we're absolutely against it. You can't have the death penalty. That's horrible. Da, 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 da. So then, you know, here in California, we got these old-growth oak trees. So I say, uh, what do you think about cutting down those old-growth oak trees? Oh, can't do that. Got to leave them alone. Got to do this. And I thought to myself, hmm, I'm going to ask another question. I said, well, why are you in favor of, I guess it's getting political. Somebody's not going to like me, but that's the way it is. Why are you in favor of abortions? Oh, well, it's a woman's right, and it's a this, and it's a that. And, and and you know that most of these children that aren't aborted, they grow up to be criminals anyway, and they end up in the penitentiary. So I looked at him and I said, oh, so you are for the death penalty. You just want to kill them before they become criminals. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> That's good. That's priceless. That's absolutely priceless. That's good. I got, a, I got a question for you. Somebody asked on here. I think you probably saw it. Um, how? Why did you get involved in in Main Street duck calling so late? I mean, honestly, I mean, at your age, you don't see many guys on stage at your age competing. Maybe I'm the oldest person in California to ever win the contest. Who knows? Uh, Are you? Me, like I said, I, ha- I have no idea. I haven't seen anybody older than me. But like I say, I'm new to it. There could, they could have been in front of me. Right. Uh, Let's it, just I, I, like I said earlier. I was interested in doing this when I was 12 years old. I saw it, I saw the contest on Wide World of Sports with my dad, and I knew I could do it. With Kurt Gowdy. Yep. Absolutely, one of my favorite shows. And, and uh, well, life life has its ups and downs and changes, and I got hit with a few ups and a few downs. And my life is a little bit different than it used to be. I don't have all the commitments that I used to have, so. Someone told me, what is it then that you really wanted to do? And I said, well, I want to call the World Duck Calling Contest. So I'm doing it. And so how long did you practice before you you finally won it? How many contests were you in before you finally won? Well, I've I've blown in the state contest, I think, four times. Um, First two times, I never made it out of the first round. I squawked so loud it wasn't funny. Um, you You know, thank you for your money. We'll see you next year. Um, then I ended up with the second. Then last year I had a really horrible, horrible time, and well, this year was better. And how much time do you spend practicing every day, or do you practice every day? Oh, I don't practice quite every day, um, uh, but I probably spend half hour a day when I'm practicing. Probably six days a week, five, six days a week, half hour a day. Okay. And I have to practice. I have to practice at my shop, though, Kelly, because my neighbors call the police on me. <laughs> I bet they're Democrats. Anyway. Uh, my one neighbor, he is a Democrat, and there's no doubt about it. <laughs> Those fucking you know, ice holes. I'm telling you, man. Any anybody you know, that calls somebody in for practicing on a duck call, I just 
you know, you ought to throw salt in the yard and just let it go. I'm just telling you that's all there is to it. Yeah, you know what, Kelly? I, I used to argue with him all the time, but I, I'm finding good fences make good neighbors, and we got a block wall put up between us now, and it's, it's just better. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Well, did you have anybody train you or working with you, or how, how did you um, – seriously? Yeah, I, I have a couple people. I um, – of course, when I decided to do this, I, I called Butch and said I wanted to, to, to try Main Street Call. He goes, well, come on. He didn't know where I was now. So come on down to the shop on Saturday, and uh, I, I give lessons, so come on down. So I said, are you going to be there this Saturday? He said, yeah. I uh, said, I'll be there. So I got on an airplane, flew to Arkansas. That's back before uh, things were really in the, in the crapper. <laughs> and wow. he, spent, he spent 11 hours with me on a Saturday getting me off the ground and giving me some pointers. He took a call, got a call for me, boarded out and said, here, now, I mean, we spent a couple hours. He, he would drill and file on the tone board, blow it. Nope, not yet. Drill, file, blow it. Yep, nope, not yet. And then until he said it sounded right, and that's the way it went. Holy cow. And did, what did he charge you for the time? Anything? <laughs> Nothing. Wow. No, I, I was I was truly amazed that the, that man was uh, very, very generous with his time. And he still is. I'll call him when I have questions. And uh, another caller that, that's helped me, I, I, I'll put a plug in. Um, I belong to Callers for Christ. And Shane Rothen has helped me a lot. Okay. Todd, Shane's a good Todd, guy. Todd Copley has helped me. And uh, Stuart Matos here in California. In fact, Stuart called me five days or so before this California contest, and I, I truly wasn't going to go. You know, they, they instituted a new rule. I, I qualified for the old-timers last year, and I was going to go, but they made up a new rule that uh, if you call in a sanctioned contest, then you can't call in the old-timers' worlds. So I didn't get to go to that last year, and I was thinking I was just going to do that this year, but... Stuart called me and he goes, well, what what was your goal? What did, what did you plan on doing? I said, well, I wanted to call in the regular world. And he convinced me uh, that I should go. So I did. I'm glad he did. I'm glad he made that phone call. Oh, yeah, you know? me too. <laughs> you know, that's awesome. Well, you know, a lot of times, you know, you, know, you hear stories about Butch. Um, and I hear, I've heard you know, <laughs> everything across the spectrum. You know, he's a great guy. And he just, you know, he's a jerk, and you know, you hear everything. But I have had nothing, nothing but positive experiences with him. Of course, I've never asked him to help me learn how to blow a duck call any better, because that would probably turn ugly. You know, every man has limitations. You know, uh, you know, man's got to know his anybody, limits. <laughs> anybody that would call Butch a jerk, you know, just doesn't want to hear the truth about themselves. Well, that's true. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't church it up when he's talking to somebody. I'll tell you that right now. Um, well, I mean, trust me, how are you going to get better if that people just whisper, say, oh, that's that's great, that you sound good, oh, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, you're right. That you don't get any better, you stay the same. Right. That's so. true. That's true. You know, it's kind of kind of like the ancient emperors of Rome. Uh, they always had somebody standing there by their side reminding them that every day that you're not a god, you're truly a mortal, you know, so just take it take it with a grain of salt kind of stuff, you know, you're not all that in a bag of chips. That's today's translation. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't say enough good about Butch. Well, well, let's talk a little bit about your your duck call stands. Um, 
you know, I've got I've got a show coming up here, and actually I've got a show coming up September, October, November, and December. Um, you need to send me uh, some stuff on the internet I can print out that shows pictures of your duck call stands, and you need to send me send me some of your business cards if you got some extra ones laying around, and I'll be sure to do well, it. I, I can do a business card, but now you just said the, the thing. I cut wood, Kelly. I can go in and I can draw up and design a nice cabinet. I, I, it takes me 25 to 30 minutes just to log on to the show. Okay. The computers are, 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 are not an easy thing for me to operate. Okay, you've got a daughter that plays basketball or volleyball? She plays soccer, yeah. She plays soccer. soccer. Okay. Okay, there's a good possibility that you might want to enlist her help. <laughs> I, okay. I do that quite frequently. Okay. Just get some pictures. You know, some good pictures. I, I've seen pictures of your stuff that you posted. So who's doing those for you? Um, friends on the forums. <laughs> I, I email it to them, and then they put it up on the okay on the forum for me. Well, I guarantee if you ask your daughter to help you out with that, you can get me some good quality pictures that I can blow up into into some larger sizes and display those at the tables uh, during the shows. You know, and you never know. You, a couple sales may come of it, and all it's going to cost you is a few minutes on the on the phone or on the computer with a camera and, you know, a small envelope full of, you know, 15 or 20 business cards or more, you know. So. All right. Well, I appreciate that, Kelly. I'll uh, I'll get on it. Okay. So, anyway, so <clears throat> what was – got to ask, what was Butch's reaction when he found out you flew all the way in from California? Oh, uh, I just think he said in that high-pitched voice when he gets excited, you did what? <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> He probably th- thought you didn't have a lick of sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, uh, I, 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 he spent about 11 hours with me that day. Uh-huh. So that's a lot of time. Yeah. I, you know, there's, you know, Trevor Shanahan's one that, that comes to mind. Um, Hunter Grounds comes to mind. There, there's a lot of guys that, that have spent a lot of time over there learning how to blow a duck call. Can't call them. Uh, Kent, Kent, between Rick Dunn and Butch, uh, Kent didn't have any choice but to blow a duck call. I don't think he knew, I don't think he could speak English as well as he can blow a duck call. To be honest with you, you know, um, and that's not altogether bad considering where he lives. You know, because most people over there do speak duck. You know. <laughs> yeah, the, those those guys over there they don't grow up with skateboards like they do here, Kelly. They uh, they have duck calls back there in Arkansas. Yeah. It's so we're at extremely disadvantage when we go back there. Yeah. Well, that and you kind of stand out in the crowd because you're one of the older uh, participants, number one. Uh, well, number- Kelly, you haven't seen me. I, I, I blend in pretty well. Do you really? You yeah. got you, you got all the camo gear and the, and the Billy Badass. Yeah, and I, and I get a big hat and I wear it down over my face and nobody can really tell. Ah, okay, 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 okay. You're going with the duck commander look, huh? You got the fuzzy face and all that stuff? Uh, well, uh, more of the John Gotland. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> you know, he's... You know, he I, can't, I, can't go, I can't go that bushy when, when someone wants me to come knock on their door and look about their cabinets, you know? Right, I understand. Um, yeah, you have to you have to be able to mingle with civilized people. So, um, you know, I, that is one character on that show that I've always thought uh, didn't get enough credit for being just a heck of a nice guy. You know. Well, uh, I, I love the show. I, I yeah. watch it all the time. You know, I this I hope they listen to this and hear what I've got to say. But you know, 
Um, years ago, I had Jace and Missy on, and then, of course, Willie found out that somebody was talking on a radio show, and he got on the phone and started yakking. Um, and I've asked those guys to come back, and we've talked, and it's just like, you know, ever since they went mainstream, uh, there's a brick wall there. you gotta you got to go through so many people to get approval to come on the show that it's not even funny. And it's just well, that's that's too bad. Yeah, I just I just kind of said, you know what, I, you guys are way more important than I am, so I'm just gonna let it go, you know. Well, I used to buy all their the you know the Duck Commander videos, and I would call up. I don't buy them from the store. I'm just that way. I know I pay more, but I, I buy it from the person direct. And used to call up, and I would Phil would answer the phone. And I yeah. would, you know, hey, Phil, I want to buy this new video. Oh, Craig, you know, it's got this and that, and the way that you see it, and this. So I, that's what I liked about them. Right. Not that way anymore. You can mm. try calling there now, and you get put on hold, and you get to talk to somebody else, and they need to talk to you about what it is you need to talk to them about. And then they take your information, and then if you're lucky, somebody will call you back, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just kind of... I think the Robertsons are, they haven't changed. I just think the people that are managing their uh, public persona have kind of cramped them up or gummed them up. I know, you know, I know reading between the lines and talking to them before the show started on the air, they were not, they were absolutely not happy about the fact they had cameras in their faces 24-7 for for weeks at a time. Um, And they were not happy happy about um Going and continuing on. Well, I'm pretty sure they're not, Kelly, but I mean, they're probably getting some ridiculous amounts of money shoved at them. And, and it's kind of hard to turn that down. Well, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure if you got to hear Phil speak, um, that, that his presentation probably hasn't changed a bit. Well, that's kind of interesting, too. Um, uh, <laughs> there was a, a deal up in Wichita, uh, not Wichita, but up in Great Bend this last year, and uh, it was a waterfowlers thing up there for Great Bend, and um, the promoter was trying to get uh, him to come, and nope. First, they, apparently the, his agents had said yes, and then um, I guess his wife said, no, you're not going anywhere in July, period, the end. Uh, she put the kibosh on it, and that was the end of that. And it was really, it was kind of devastating because he was really wanting to be there. I mean, I, I have no doubt that, that they're doing well financially. I have no doubt whatsoever. Um, but I, I just think that uh, with, with fame and fortune uh, comes a lot of responsibility um, to the people that put you there, number one, and number two, to your families to kind of keep a balance on things. And I, I hope they keep a balance, you know. Um, but it's a sad state of affairs if, if people that they've talked to in the past and, and yacked with and been friends with in the past can't get five seconds alone to talk to them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. But I can say I, until I walk in his shoes, I can't say anything, you know, derogatory. Yeah. I, I, I like him. I like I like what he stands for. Um, I, I'm sorry to hear some of these things that, that you're telling me, but, I mean, I, I always picture Phil uh, coming out and just saying, okay, you guys came to hear me speak, and now you're going to hear what I have to say. 
and he'll open up the Bible and, and read some scripture. This is what I got to say first. Right. I mean, well, I'm not. I'm not saying anything derogatory about him, Craig. Don't don't misunderstand. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that there has to be a fine balance there between between the business and between your family and your personal life. And and the business part is you know taking care of the people that helped get you where you were or where you are, and taking care of the family by not letting the business side of it ruin your perspective of what's going on with the family. You know, um, if if you start chasing that dollar, those folks back home are going to forget about you. And I don't think that's happening. But I'm just saying. It's kind of a sad state of affairs when I call there and I ask to talk to Jason, and I have to talk to 14 different people before I can even think about getting his final, you know, the final person. And then it's just like, okay, I'll take your information, and I'll call you back, or someone will call you back, and then I never hear anything back. It's just kind of, it's kind of aggravating. But hey, you well, know what? I don't understand that. I'm just, I understand. I'm nobody. That. I'm, I'm not. You know, I'm not. It's not like Vice President Joe Biden's calling to talk to you about your nut calls. Well, if he called me, I'm surely I would put him on hold and never get to him. <laughs> <laughs> I heard somebody the other night on on one of the talk shows they called they called Joe Biden the brain trust of the DNC. <laughs> you know what? I always thought DNC was another term for an abortion. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> well, I think it is, but I don't think it's the end. It's D and C. Right, right, right. D and as an and so. Right. Anyway, well, so when is when is Stuttgart coming up? When is that? Um, first first Saturday after Thanksgiving. Well, you got to sell a few of those little flipping duck things to get your fanny over there, don't you? Well, the nice thing is there was a little bit of prize money, Kelly, and it it, it should take care of my airline ticket. So the biggest well, deal is trying to I'm trying to figure out where where in the world am I going to stay because everything in Stuttgart's booked. Well, you don't stay in Stuttgart. You find someplace close to Stuttgart. Yeah, somebody told me Brinkley. So Franklin, I, Tennessee? I got, no, Brinkley, Arkansas. Oh. I was going to say Franklin, Tennessee. That's a long haul. <laughs> <laughs> well, you uh, know, I have, been, I have been back there once, Kelly. Actually, I've been back to Arkansas more than once. I called in in three of the regionals back there a year or so ago. And, and in '09, I went back and tried that last chance regional. Right. Hey, one of the guys on there, Indiana Duck, suggested that you sleep in your car. <laughs> well, I'm flying in the airplane. I guess if I rent a car, i got to sleep in that. I think it might be cold there in November, too. Well, you well know, I sure hope be. so. It can be. We were we were over in Tennessee um, for Real Foot, okay, which is just real close to that same time frame, okay? And, oh, my God, it was like 90 degrees. It was the warmest weather they've had in a long time. It can go from extremely hot to extremely cold sunshine, to crappy, to, you know, d- ducks hate that kind of stuff, you know, they'll leave. Um, so you never know. I mean, you got to pack for fairly light weather. Um, where you're from, uh, you guys don't ever get really serious cold stuff, so, you know, you're definitely going to need to take some stuff where you can be warm enough, you know, in layers, you know. You don't want to look like the guy from California wearing a parka, okay? So. <laughs> no, I, I, um, and see, I, I Nathan, stuff I can Nathan, Nathan said last year was really hot, you know. Um, I thought it was raining there last year. It can be hot and rain. Okay, well, that's it does that in California, that's for sure. Rain mm-hmm. here today, and it's hot. Okay, I don't need to hear about how much rain you're getting in California, all right? You're, you got you got a guy that's sitting here in the middle of the big dry, the big hole, the big suck yeah. hole. So, Sorry, Kelly. Yeah, yeah I, 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 know you're not, I know you're not responsible for it. I, I'm praying for rain for you. <laughs> I'll take all the help we can get, Lord knows. Yeah. But yep. well, 
seriously though, talk to your talk to your your teenage daughter about helping you get some pictures of that stuff. You know, you got some of the ones already made there that are ready to be taken pictures of. Uh, you know, I make them as I get orders, Kelly. I'm I don't okay. make them in advance, but I could probably make up some and take some pictures. Well, you know what? Here's a better idea. I, I will. You know what? Don't even worry about this, Craig. I'll take care of this all for you. I'm just going to post it up on the refuge, and I need pictures of your work so I can take some examples of pictures of your work to a show. All right? That'd be great. You know, Todd Copley and Buck, and, and Buck Gardner have call stands that I didn't ever get pictures of, and I sure wish they'd send some. They promised. Well, you probably ought to send Buck a reminder and say, hey, you know, yeah. while you're getting those uh, stainless steel uh duck call bands together for Kelly that he's waiting on. Could you mind taking a few pictures of that duck call stand of mine and sending it to him? I'll do that. Yeah, he got <laughs> one made out of a, I made one for him out of Babinga. Really? That's yeah. cool. Matter of fact, then, how, how, how prophetic. The call that I'm waiting on the stainless steel band for, which is going to a gentleman in the, in the former Soviet Union, needs a stainless steel band. It's also made out of Babinga. Hey, I really like the wood. It, uh, it was a lot of fun. Not cheap because I I don't use little billets of wood. I I think a duck call stand takes about eight board feet. Holy snikes! Yeah, I know, and I've been keeping the prices low. But that babinga, it was like mm, I think I paid almost twenty bucks a board foot. It's not cheap stuff. No, not cheap stuff. Now, but you're you're using a lot more of it <laughs> than I am. Yeah. So, anyway, what other kinds of wood do you like to use? Um, if if I'm building stuff for myself, I really like cherry. Um, most of the stuff I do online is red oak, and then I have a couple, three different stains, just just trying to keep the cost down. Right. Because you know the what? red oak, I'm I'm still paying three dollars a board foot for that. Uh-huh. And you know, getting into the cherries, and I'm I'm, you know. Seven fifty to eight dollars a board foot. The walnut is right up there. So. Well, you get a lot of. Uh, what, what are you using the the California walnut? What's it called? Um, doggone it! There's nothing more sad than two old guys having a conversation. They can't remember half of what they're talking about. Um, what Did is you speak it? up, Kelly? I can't hear you. I said, "What kind of walnut <laughs> is you guys giving have you a hard there? time, old guys? You know." Oh, okay, okay. That was funny. <laughs> No, what kind of what kind of walnut is you guys have out there in California? Um, actually, I'm using a walnut that comes from the East Coast because it gets oh. a lot darker. Okay. So the walnut we have out here is is kind of got a lot of sap in it and lawn streaks. Right. Well, what's the name of it though? It's not just walnut; it's something walnut. It starts with a well, C. Claro walnut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, no, I'm not using Claro walnut. Okay, that that makes some beautiful duck calls. I mean, black walnut makes some beautiful duck calls too. Um, if you get the stuff that's got you know kind of the transition state between the sapwood and the heartwood, that's my favorite. And the and the crotch areas of black walnut. And you get mm-hmm. you probably know what the what the scientific name for it is, but um, when you're sanding it down and you finally get a finish on it, it almost has a uh, holographic um, type of uh, yeah, it's just the the depth and the grain that you can see. Right, but there's there's actually a name a name for it, translucency or something like that. Anyway, hmm. um, I remember my first duck call that I made out of black walnut, 
and I ended up putting a, uh, just a clear lacquer finish on it, put a little bit of mineral oil on it to get the grain to pop and sanded it down and filled all the little little sucker holes in them, as I like to call them. Um, and then I, I sprayed it with the lacquer, and it was like, holy crap, look at this. And it, I never saw it do that before. So it was really kind of cool. I, I mean, I love turning black walnut. I really do. And it's, it's a classic duck call wood, you know. Well, that, and I love the smell of walnut when you're turning it or cutting it. Oh, yeah. It's just got a really good, clean smell. Well, it's just like, um, oh, crud, uh, cherry, you know, wild cherry. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've never understood why people under, think that uh, cherry is not red, okay? Um, they they always seem to think that it's red, and I have to explain to them, it'll turn that color eventually, you know, but when it's new, it won't, you know, be that color. Yeah, it, it's kind of a greenish pink, but... I, you know, you put that out in the sun, and it the the cherry blisters or sunburns real fast. Yeah. It, I I have some in the shop right now that I just got at the beginning of the week, and sitting close to the door, and as I was pulling it off, I, it was nice and dark, and then I could see where where it hadn't gotten any sunlight, and then there you go, it wasn't wasn't the same. Yeah. Well, I would say, George, have you ever worked with it? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay. That's a pretty cool wood, and it does the same thing. Um, <laughs> I made a couple calls for a, a display case at, at a store, and I had some calls in there, and they were selling them and stuff, and everything was fine. And um, I went to go get those and put new ones in there and take the old ones out. And I'm looking around, I'm, what are these? And I'm, I'm looking at it, I flip over the tag, and I read it, Osage Orange Goose Call, Short Read Goose Call. That thing was, I mean, candy apple red, okay? And, and it had turned that color because of the lighting inside this cabinet. It was really kind of cool. But, you know, I I can't afford to have calls sitting around for a year and a half waiting for them to turn the color. You know? Oh, I understand. I'm looking for some green hedge myself, Kelly. You want green hedge? You mean as in? Uh, as in the real stuff. Oh, boy. I'm going to tell you right now, there's darn few people that have any of the real stuff. Okay. Yeah, I talked to my lumber suppliers out here, and they they looked at me like I was speaking a foreign language. Oh yeah, the the only way that that stuff comes about in the real world, okay, is a hedge fence post, generally a corner post, that's been planted in a low lying area where it's got a lot of water, that's got a lot of iron in the soil, that has a great naturally occurring staining uh, solution in it, made up of holes of black walnuts. And the shells of black walnuts it actually causes the water to acidify, and the iron in the in the water and the soil leach into the cat into the, the the post, and it takes dozens and dozens and dozens of years to get that effect. Okay. Well, I I got a buddy. You, maybe you can help me with this. He he's in Indiana, and he says mm-hmm. he's got a bunch of old posts that a farmer of his said they've been in the ground over a hundred years, and he could have if he wanted them. Well, how, do, how do we know where hedge grows? Well, that's just it. The only way to find out is to fire up a chainsaw and cut it off near the bottom. Don't even mess with the top. Um, and what you're going to find most of the time is that once you cut that bottom open, that crusty black layer of snot on the outside of there that's all dried and stuff, you're going to see sparks flying off your chainsaw blade. You'll cut through it. You won't cut through it too many times for the chainsaw blade's history. Um, and then it'll be kind of a dark yellow on the inside. It'll be an, an aged yellow on the inside, and it'll have that green color really close to the outside of it if it's if it's been in the right conditions. Okay, 
The problem is that a lot of times those posts where they were down at the bottom like that, the water would leach up through the bottom and into the sides and stuff, and there are certain wood-boring critters that would get up in there, like ants, for example, and they'd start hollowing those things out. So you'll end up with a big hollow spot in there a lot of times. And you'll end up, you know, like a big hole in the in the middle of that post coming up, you know, four to four, I'm sorry, you know, anywhere from four inches up to 20 inches up, you know. So there's only one way to find out is have your buddy cut, cut some of the bigger corner posts um, and see what he can get. I mean, I've got a whole stack of them out here beside the house um, that I use the smaller pieces for, uh, like whistles and stuff like that, you know, when I want to. If I'm in the urge, if i got the mood to, to go out and ruin a bucket of chainsaw blades, that's what I'll do. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm telling you what, it, when you're when you're cutting it, you literally will see sparks fly off. Um, but huh. anyway, um, the guy's in Indiana, right? Right, he's in Indiana. Whereabouts in Indiana? Oh, gosh, now you've got... I got to look for his address on my computer. Okay, well, uh, Fort Wayne, Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne. Well, one of the guys on the forum, or on the on the chat room, Indiana Duck. He's from Indiana. Um, and anyway, but yeah, if your guy if your guy's got some, um, have him have him cut it off about a foot above the bottom and, and see what it is. Um, but anyway, this guy's sister lives there. Maybe you guys can get a hold of each other. Um, you want to give out your phone number in case he wants to call you? About sure, your, my phone number. Call yeah, it's just the same one on the, on the forum, so it's no big deal. 818-269-6833. Okay. There you go. Maybe he can get a hold of you. All right. Okay. Well, I, t- I was going to tell you, a lot of the green hedge, and it's only because the stuff's been you know raided and plundered and looted, um, there's not very much of it still out there in the real world. I know that you can get green hedge calls from... Rick Dunn at Echo and some other companies, and basically um, their green hedge is created by taking blocks of wood and cut down to size and then put in barrels, um, 55-gallon drums filled up with a with a solution that's got a lot of iron in it, uh, fertilizer-type stuff, and it's just let to sit for four to five years at a time. And they go out there and, you know, they'll shake the barrels every now and then, just kind of get them, you know, moving a little bit, and they'll leave it. And it takes about five years for that stuff to penetrate all the way to the center on a you know one and a half or one and three quarter by one and three quarter inch block, you know. So <clears throat> it's unfortunate that it's come to that, but that that's what what it is, you know. There's faster way there's faster ways of, of staining them and getting that effect. Uh, to be honest with you, um, putting them in a in a pressure solution situation uh, to where you're applying pressure like they do for stabilized wood, it'll get it done too, you know. Huh. Uh, but it's not the real deal. The real deal, I mean, the difference between the the real thing and that stuff is like night and day. I mean, you can tell. It just it's like night and day. See, I, I is, haven't, I haven't had the the good luck to to see much of it. I just know I'm sure pick some. I've got I've got some blocks that Wayne Bet sent me, and you can tell they're from the post because they're still post on the outside. They're from the outside skin of the post. That's where you get it. You don't get. You don't get those perfectly two by two or one and a half and one and a half blocks from from a fence post. Those are cut from standing wood, you know, from live wood that's been cut down and stuff. Um, right. Stuff that Wayne sent me. I mean, it's actually you got the the old crusty fence post side on the outside of it, and it's the real deal. And well, then yeah, you know for sure. Then you got that. Right. Right. And um, I don't even I I would not even know what something like that is worth. 
you know. He sent it to me out of pity because I said something nice about his duck calls one time, and he felt sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got somebody who said they'd turn me a duck call out of it if I could get it. So yeah. I'm trying to get it. Well, have your buddy in Indiana cut some of it open and see what it looks like. Yeah, he he did, he, but he cut the wrong spot. He cut right at the top of it, and it was the top of the post was just pretty much rotten. And yeah, I didn't no, think gotta, there was anything to salvage out of it. No, you got to go down about a foot above the bottom, and you cut it there, and you and you look at look at what's left, and you see if you want to cut above it some more. Um, and you know if you, if you got enough there on the sides, and that's why you got to use the corner posts because the corner posts are bigger. Okay. Gotcha. The corner posts are darn near twice as big as the regular standing line posts because those things are planted deeper, and they're they're probably a good ten to twelve inches in diameter. Okay, that's why the corner posts are the ones you want because the regular ones can be those little scrawny five or six inches, you know. And those things, when when the bugs get to them, there's not going to be a lot of good wood there. I mean, you get you can get some good green stuff for whistles or you know like a wood duck call or something, but uh, anything bigger, I mean, you could probably get an insert out of some of it. Um, but as far as a barrel, it's kind of kind of touch and go, you know. So that's why they go with the corner post. And once people back back in the day, when they started finding out everybody wanted a green duck call, criminally crouched. There was people running all over Arkansas and Louisiana with with trucks with uh, uh, rigs on them, pulling farmers <laughs> up out of the ground and stealing their corner posts. It was kind of an epidemic, you know. Pulling everybody's senses out, huh? Seriously, I'm not kidding you. I am not kidding you. There was. There was parts of Arkansas, Louisiana that were denuded of barbed wire fences by duck call makers. Of course, they didn't have anything to do with it. They had they had the wood suppliers that were doing that, so they could kind of stand back. So that wasn't me, you know. Yeah, I just uh, you know I don't know where he got it. I just bought it from him. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the old boy that uh, loans his truck to his nephew that's running moonshine. Well, I wasn't involved in that. He he stole my truck. I leave <laughs> the keys out there in the shop. He took my truck. Yeah. I didn't know he took my truck. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, if the guest doesn't get caught, then he gets, you know, 25% of the profit for the truck. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, anyway. Well, uh, we're getting There's got to be somebody else out there, Kelly, to call in way more interesting than me. Nah, you, it was good. I'm glad you called in. I've, I've been wanting you to call in for a long time, but you didn't want to. You know well, how long I never have No. It, it's like two minutes left in the show, dude. <laughs> well, well, that went by quick. It did. See, you got some bad skills as a host or as a guest. <laughs> so anyway. I guess. Well, we got well, a couple minutes. Well, you know, left. I just never figured I had much much of anything important to say. So. Well, you're wrong. You got you know you've lived 56 years. You got probably a whole lot more need to say than what you said on here. You know, what is your favorite duck to hunt? Well, obviously, it's greenhead is my favorite duck to hunt. But where I'm at, we just we just don't have many. What kind of duck so, do you have to hunt then? Um, I shoot a lot of gadwalls. Good, good. Gadwalls are good duck. Darn. Oh, I like them. I I, I get the the guys on the California forum tell me, oh, you're shooting trash ducks and da 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 whatever. You know, give me all your trash ducks because I'll cook them for you and you won't know the difference. No, no, that that sort of elitism. There's no place for it. You know, in this sport, there really isn't. You know. Um, what about goose hunting? You do very much of that. You know, Kelly, um, I did. I did a whole lot of Canada goose hunting back when the tube call was big. I, I can't blow one of those short reef goose calls, but I can sure blow a tube call. But I, I had a lease down uh, on the Colorado River in Arizona, and to be honest with you, I got sick of it. I would go and sit in that same hole. 
and the limit was two, and I'd shoot my two geese, and they'd fall in the same 30-yard circle every day I went, you know, and I, my dog goes out. He doesn't even, you know, he wouldn't even look. He just ran to where they would fall. So I was ruining a good dog, and I said, I've had enough, and I quit, and I went back to duck hunting. Huh. Well, some guys would have considered that the ideal setup. You know, it was great, but, I mean, you do that three or four years in a row, and it just gets old. Well, you got to try mixing it up a little bit. Try try not calling so good. Try blowing them out of the hole with a call. See what you see if those geese will overcome your your shortcomings. I don't know, Kelly. I was married at the time. Took my wife down there, and she she was killing geese with with sixes. Took another buddy down, and I've got that on video. He was killing them with four ten. Wow, that I, that I wouldn't do. I mean, it would sound challenging, but I would. I definitely want to have somebody there with a 12-gauge as a backup. Oh, oh, no, no, no. There were backups. But let me tell you, the two the two he killed that day broke both wings when they hit. Oh, he's shooting them at 10 yards. I mean, they're right there. Right. So, wasn't yeah. an issue. Those, those birds fell dead. Good. <laughs> Yeah, if they're if they're in at ten yards, I mean, if you you can't hit them with a ten with a four ten, then you don't need to be shooting. Right. So. No. No. It was fun. It, you know, but then like, like I said, it just it, it's the same old thing. Yeah, I'm gonna go down and shoot some honkers, and yeah, big deal. I like shooting specs though. That that's fun now. Well, I'll tell you what, specs are specs are a lot of fun. They're they get a lot of credit for being smarter than Canada geese. Uh, I'm not sure if they are. I think they just got to be in the right mood. You know, Kelly, I think it's just because pressure's been put on them. Back when I was shooting specs up at Tule Lake, they were the easiest things in the world to call in. Huh. Just well, you know, on, a, on a little a Roman squealer, and, uh-huh. and they were, boom, right in your face, landing in the decoys. Yeah. I guess it's different now. Well, you remember, I know you know this, because when we were kids, you'd look at the outdoor life or field and stream or sports of field, or every now and there would be a show on TV, uh, American Sportsman, or something where they would they'd be ra- hunting rags for snow geese down in Texas in the rice fields, okay? And they'd have all these things out there. Man, I thought, oh, that's sweet, you know, because we never had we had enough, never had enough goose decoys when I was a kid. You know, we only had duck decoys. We had some goose decoys, and most of those are ones that we actually probably found, you know, along the way. Um, but I saw that, I thought, man, wouldn't that be nice? And then, of course, my dad told me we don't have any snow geese here in Kansas, so, you know, quit. Collecting all those doggone things, I would, I would go to yard sales and stuff and buy all the white uh, bed linens and stuff, you know, that were in, in garage sales for ten, fifteen cents a piece, whatever. Back when I was a kid, and cut them up into two by two squares. And uh, well, Dad would just let me spend my lawn mowing money on stupid stuff like that. And he said, well, "What do you plan on doing with those?" I said, "Snow goose decoys." And I, I told him about the show and stuff that I'd seen, and I showed him the article on TV, and he's like, well, that's, "That's pretty good. That's a pretty good idea." He said, "Only, only problem I see with that." We don't have any snow geese here. Why not? <laughs> because well, I've got to tell you, Kelly, I'm old enough to know, you know, windsock decoys, big deal. Yeah. Well, when I started hunting snow geese, there were no windsock decoys. We used to take white trash bags and stick them yep. on dowels. Well, we didn't, have, we didn't have white trash bags, okay? What we had was rags, okay? Uh, just cotton rags. And then, and then I saw in another article, these old boys were using paper plates. And I'm going to tell you what right now. Paper plates were a whole lot easier to pick up at the end of the day than 400 rain-soaked cotton sheets, okay?
okay? There, oh, man, you talk about trudging. <laughs> trudging. Man, <laughs> well, let me tell you, Kelly, field. you better pick up those paper plates. Because oh, we did. If you, well, I, I hunted when I was younger. I used to hunt a place called Worcester, and they had the union track, and it was a minimum. You had to have a dozen goose decoys if you were going to hunt. Well, you know, luck I had it. It was hanging, and I was up, and I didn't have any goose decoys, but I had paper plates, and we went out and threw a bunch of paper plates out, and the game warden came up behind me and goes, those are not decoys. I said, yes, sir, they are. Trust me, they'll work. Um, he came back to the field when I was leaving and walked through the field and made sure I did not leave one paper plate because he was going to cite me for littering. Did you get birds? Oh, yeah. We shot four limits. Holy cow. Well, I'm I'm here to tell you that we never got a single snow goose or or subspecies or blue goose or whatever you want to call them in on those those things. I mean, and my dad did it to humor me, you know, okay, put them out. He, of course, he wouldn't put them out. It was me and my brother. And all right, put, go ahead and put them out. Let's see what happens. And nothing happened, of course. I mean, truth of the matter is we had some ducks buzz us. And I think they were just bored. You know, so what are we going to do today? I don't know. What are you going to do today? I don't know. What do you want to do today? Oh, let's go fly over those racks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of a deal. Pretty visible. I've killed a lot of specks over, over snow spreads. Well, you know, it's like I thought that was the coolest thing in the world because you see those guys down in Texas doing it. And then, and then of course, they came out with the, with, the, with the socks. And, of course, then, you know, guys like me are thinking, well, how, do you, how can you do that? And then somebody came out with trash bags the white trash bags, and somebody found some gray trash bags. looked a lot like specks, okay? And then that's when the silo sock guys started going, hey, you know, there's something to this, you know? Um, I don't know. I, I, I love hunting geese. I love hunting ducks. Uh, if I had to choose, and I can only do one, it'd probably be geese uh, because, I mean, you get you get up later in the day, <laughs> and you don't have to be out there that you know, three hours before the crack of dawn, Um and there's there's a lot to be said for you know missing that crack of dawn thing, you know. Well, I guess when I when I get a little older, I might go back. Yeah. But, but right now, I like getting up and I like being waist deep in the water and not hunting in a duck blind, hunting in actual marsh. Uh, for now, I like it. Well, that's cool. That would be good. You take your dog with you? Oh yeah, Kelly. Uh, that's a whole other story. You I have, have a skinny. Pants? I have this. I have yeah, I built him a stand. I made that out of wall or uh, mahogany. Um but anyway oh I have the skinniest <laughs> lab you've ever wanted to see, Kelly, and he weighs hundred and nineteen pounds. Big dog. Big dog. Yeah. Is he is he yeah. come from waterfowling stock or does he come from uh like uh, pointing lab? Comes out of out of champion lines. He's a he's a hunting dog. Huh. I had my male buddy that we lost a couple years ago, he came out of pointing stock. And he was a he was a field trial champion in uh, uh, pointing labs, and he was a big dog. I mean, he was between 100 and 120 pounds, depending upon what he'd eaten that day. You know, Mexican roofer or just dog food, it, it varied. And uh, he was a big dog, and he I was a little little leery of him with his water skills because of his you know his field trial stuff with the pointing and stuff, but. Um, well, he took he took to it like a like a duck. <laughs> he really did. He had he had no problems with it. The biggest biggest problem he had was the the fact that <clears throat> early on in his in his youth, um, he had a goose pop him really good in a field hunt. And um, I can honestly say that from that time on, Buddy never brought back 
a live bird to hand again. Huh. He, I used to. I used to hunt with the Springer, and he yeah. had a, a, a goose pop him once. Yeah. And that dog, and he was a small Springer. He jumped up on top of that goose and pinned it down, and every time the goose moved, he'd growl and bare his teeth, and he held that bird there until I walked, the, you know, 50 yards or wherever it was to go get the goose. He couldn't bring it back, but it wasn't getting away. Very good. That's cool. <laughs> you got a ninja Springer there. That's a special breed. You don't see that Oh, uh, you know what? I miss that dog dearly. He's probably the best dog I've ever had. Uh, we had a Springer named Berkeley that was kind of one of those strays that showed up at my wife's uh, office, and she brought him home, and we cleaned him up and got his hair cut and gave him a new name. We couldn't find the owners. After three months, we gave him a new name, and... Um, just for grins and giggles, I took him out pheasant hunting with me one time, and holy crap, that dog, I, I don't know if he'd ever seen a pheasant before in his life, but he absolutely thoroughly enjoyed it. And the only time that dog ever gave me any grief was after I'd missed like four or five birds. He would literally go back to the truck. I'm done. You can't hit anything. I'm done. And he, I'm not kidding. He would. He would. Quit, and, quit wasting and, my time. Yeah. We could hunt all day long if we weren't seeing birds. He would be out there going around trying to find them or whatever. But if we started getting birds up, and if I missed four or five birds, he would... I'm not kidding you. It could be five miles away. He would turn around and walk back to the truck, and I'd be freaked out. Goes, where's where's the dog at? We get back to the truck. He's laying there. Like you idiot. I'm done. You can't shoot any better than that. I'm not doing this. But no, buddy. I'll tell you what. He got popped by that goose that one time, and man, he got that goose down and grabbed it by its neck and just crunched it. That was the end of that. <laughs> and so from that That's point it. on, if if he picked up a bird, I don't care if it was a goose, a duck, or a pheasant. If if it had any life in it at all. He grabbed it by the head and the neck, and he crunched it, and he brought it back because he was never going to get clopped, cocked again. But smart dogs. I mean, it's, ama- it's amazing what they do when when they're doing things they were bred to do. Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing, and it and it's always fun to fun to be there and experience it, you know. So anyway, Craig, we actually ran over. You got on the air just about ten minutes into the show, and it's now nine minutes after the hour. So you've been on the on the show for about a whole hour. Oh boy, well. There we go. Hey. Well, thanks for letting me call in, Kelly. It was a good no time. No problem. I'm going to post Alrighty. that. I'm going to post that, that stuff on the refuge uh, here in the next day or so for people to submit photos. And, okay, uh, great. We'll see if we can't get that taken care of for you. Okay, bud. I appreciate it, Kelly. Thanks hey. very much. All right, thank you. Have a good evening, man. You too. Bye. Thank you. All right, that was Craig Wilson. Um, two six nine sixty eight thirty three eight one eight two six nine sixty eight thirty three. That's his number. <coughs> Excuse me. He makes some of the most amazing duck call stands for collectors that you've ever seen. And I mean, he makes them from fairly inexpensive wood all the way up to very expensive wood. And it's just whatever you want, the man can make it for you. I mean, he's he's an experienced cabinet maker, he's been doing that for years. Uh when the uh housing industry ran into a into, into a, a wind storm uh, of crap out there and it went down the down the crapper his his cabinet building days kind of slowed down, so he started doing other things. He makes he makes duck call stands, and there's other things he makes, I'm sure, that I'm just not aware of. But he's got some skills. I've seen pictures of his stuff, and uh, it's awesome. If you want to see more of his work, you can actually go to um, the Refuge and click on the, the forums page and go to the duck and goose calling page and go down there, and it's, uh, Oak River is the name of it, or River Oak, Oak River, River Oak, one or the other, and uh, Duck Call Stands, and click on that. That'll take you to his website, 
And I'm thinking there's plenty of pictures on there about his, his stuff on there. Um, and he makes some absolutely beautiful furniture. That's it, it's not. I wouldn't call it a duck call stand. I'd call it furniture. That it's that kind of quality. Okay. So anyway, glad he called in tonight. Uh, he thought he wouldn't have more than five minutes worth of stuff to talk about. <laughs> go figure. There you go. Anyway, thanks a lot, guys, for calling in, and or Craig for calling in. Thanks a lot for listening in. And I hope the rest of your week goes awesome. Okay. Um, Again, thanks, everybody, for your, your comments, your emails and stuff about last week's show. I appreciate it. Uh, if you guys got any suggestions for, for guests to come on, by all means, feel free to give me a call um, or send me a message or send me an email or something. There's all kinds of ways of getting a hold of me. If you want to, it's out there. You can find it. All right. Talk to you later. And have a great evening. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.